Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Yeah, so we are in the series Freedom, and um, you know, it's my privilege to, to bring a message. Honestly, when I think of the word freedom, it just blows your mind to the potential of what could happen. You know, every single one of us, God is on our case. Amen? Every single one of us, God has got a plan for us. He has got a destination for us, and He has got a journey that He's going to take us on. And that means that we're going to be dealing with some things that maybe we don't want to deal with in our lives. Can I hear an amen? (laughs) I never heard an amen. (laughs) Come on, there's a journey out there. So we are speaking on freedom today, okay? And the title of my message is The New Life of Expectation. Now, the verse that we've been speaking on over the past few weeks is all based around 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16. So if we can bring that up, I'll just read that through. And it says, But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Spirit of the Lord, sorry, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. You know, when I think about freedom, you know, I always love to go back to the dictionary definition of it because, you know, in me, I just want to make sure that when I speak something, it is accurate. It is is the truth. So this is what the dictionary says, okay? Freedom is the power or the right to act, speak, or think as one wants. So I guess the opposite of that is that we would be potentially imprisoned. And that is to be kept in a prison or to be held captive. I don't know about you, but I don't like people holding me captive in any any single situation. You know, if someone says to me that I cannot do things, there's just a little bit inside of me that says, I don't like that. I'm going to do it anyway. Anyone else in here like that? Yeah. I can see exactly some of these people that we need to watch out for, Senior Pastor um, Cheryl. But honestly, none of us like to feel imprisoned. But actually, you know, there's, 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 there's a plan that someone has for your life that he wants to restrict. He wants to stop and he wants to contain your life because he knows that if he can do that, he can shut the church up. And I don't want to give any place to, to, um, to the enemy, but I want to tell you, there is one higher. There is one greater. There is one who has got our best interests at heart. He knows exactly why he has caused us to be in this place for such a time as this. And he knows the end from the beginning. You know, the very fact that someone would have power over you. That is a good thing or it's a bad thing, depending on how you see it. You know, for every single institution that you might be part of, whether it's a school, a university, a church, your work... There's a structure in place that would allow due process to happen. And that due process is so, so important. But the very fact that someone is over us means that every single one of us need to do as we're told. Who likes that? 
You know, the very fact that for us, we have some children, our kids are so well behaved, and the amount of times that people come back to us and give us that feedback, it is just such a blessing. You know, the amount of times that I am able to, just with my chest, just put the chest out forward and, that's my son, that's my daughter. But it's the same for every single one of us in this place, because when we are free, we live a life that God has got for us. The people who are over us, our leaders, they are there rooting for us. They are there shouting for us. They are there believing in us because God, excuse me, because God has got some great things that he wants to do. So first of all, I want to just touch on the word freedom, okay? Freedom is just so liberating. Freedom is just so, so liberating. And when I think about things that that we could potentially do, you know, every single one of us love to go on holidays. Every single one of us love to do um, the, the best that we want to do in every single situation. And that's because we're free. You know, there's a people who have fought for our freedom. You know, people who have fought on world wars. There are people who have fought in positions that are not even here local to the UK. But they've gone. They have, they have, they have spent time. They have even in some instances, it's cost them their lives. The very fact that we can be free. So we have to even just be reminded of that. But just coming back to our walk with God, you know, there is an enemy out there. And, you know, every single one of us have challenges. Those challenges may be challenges of um, sin. It may be challenges of our thought lives, what we want to do, what we say, even fears. You know, I was reading a book very recently um, by Creflo Dollar, and he was just speaking about uprooting fears in, in people's lives. And some of, the, some, of the, some of the truths that are in that book, oh my word, if we would get a hold of the book and even eat it, that even every single one of our lives would be transformed. So I'm just going to touch on one or two things that, that he mentioned, excuse me, in that book. You know, he was speaking about the power to break fear and the importance of good decisions. Good decisions really need to follow us every single day of our lives because if we make good decisions, it sets us up for what we are going to do going ahead. You know, for the decisions that we have made in the past, they're gone, they're behind us, they're finished, we can forget about them, okay, because we are here today because of some of those decisions. But actually, we want to go to a higher place. We want to go to a different place. We want to be established as a people who know their God and who know exactly what they're called to do. So we need to make some quality decisions. And that also includes reading the Bible. It includes reading even other literature that would train our our thoughts and train our our, our thinking into what God has for our lives. The next thing that he goes on to say is that we need to understand God's protection. You know, every single time we go out of our houses, every single time we go and do the things that we want to do, God is with us. And because God is with us, we can do all things. You know, we can step out even into areas that we might be uncomfortable and we can cling on to God and we can say, God, I trust you. I thank you that you're with me and I thank you for all that you're going to do today. You know, the next thing that he speaks about is developing confidence in God's promises. Every single one of us can, by the word of God, claim the promises of God for our lives. So when God says you are healed, what are you? you're healed. When God says you're the head and you're not the tail, you are the head and you're not the tail. When God says that you're a blessed people, you're a blessed people. When God says that you are financially astute, then you are financially astute. When God says I'm going to give you dreams and visions that would challenge every single one of you and encourage you and cause you to go from here to there, God is with you. Every single one of us can claim these promises. And it's all in the Bible. I don't have the Bible 
with me, but I have, I have my phone and the Bible's on here. We need, to, we need to start reading our Bibles, church. We need to know the content of the Bible because when we take that in, that, that content, that word comes alive in us and that life actually is, is admirable. It's attractive to people. People want to get around us and find out, hey, what's different about you and what's different about you? And then the last thing that he speaks about in regards to breaking fear is we need to employ perfect love. I love the verse that says, perfect love casts out all fear. We all know the verse, and yet we live under an oppression. We live under the fear of different things. So here's some things for us to think about, right? Are you fearful of the past? Are you fearful of the present? Are you fearful of the future? Are you fearful of a spider? Are you fearful of the unknown? Are you fearful of segways? Anyone been on segways? Are you fearful of the unknown? Are you, f- are you full of worry? Anxiety? Do you have negative emotions that take over your life? Every single one of those, I am sure at some point we have all experienced if we want to be just brutally, brutally honest. But actually, let's put fear in a box and say, fear no more. I am now going to be thinking about faith. Because faith is the exact opposite of fear. So if you have faith in God, then you do not have fear of anything else. If you have faith in God, then you are trusting and believing what God is saying. You are seeing things with those rose-tinted glasses, those rose-tinted glasses that are God-shaped. And those things that might be causing us anxiety and, and all of that, we can forget about. Amen? We have to forget about But here's the problem. Fear produces all types of bondage. And every single one of us, this is what, this is when the rubber hits the road, really. This is when we are thinking about, right, what are we doing in our day-to-day lives? So here's some things for you, okay? Are you into cigarettes? Are you into drugs? Are you into some sex or pornography? Are you into food? Do you have some self-belief issues? Do you have some eating disorders? Do you have things that are currently restricting you? Because I don't know every single person in here, but I know a God who loves you. I know a God who wants the best for you. And I know a God who wants you to be plucked out from exactly where you are. And it's all because of faith in Jesus Christ. So here's a verse in the Bible. It says in Romans 18, verse 1 and 2, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life is uh, in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there's basically two things going on here, okay? There's the Spirit of um, the life in Jesus Christ, and there's the law of sin and death. These, again, are polar opposites. These opposites, just like I said before, are like fear and faith. The fear side, we want to put behind us. We don't want to go near. We don't want to entertain those fear things. And when we do, what we said earlier is we need to start thinking about the quality decisions. We need to start thinking about, right, is that going to help me? Is that going to allow me to be the man and the woman of God that God has called me to be? Or is that going to cause me to shrink back and actually restrict what God has for my life? So we need to know that we're working under one of two of these. And I know that I want to be working under the spirit of law, um, the spirit of life and the spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen. The thing about faith, faith energizes. Have you ever walked along the road with someone 
right? And when you're just speaking your conversation, you can just feel the energy coming from someone that they are just full of joy, so full of hope, so full of life. Those are the sorts of people that I love to hang around. Those are the sorts of people that, that really, I'm like, hey, I'm coming to your house. Because I want to come and spend time with you. I want to understand why you are the way you are. You know, the, the opposite of that, you know, I don't want to, to be around. And here's another verse. It says in Romans 10, verse um, 17, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Which means we have to, by faith, receive what God has got for us. You know, we speak about faith as the currency that God uses. And actually, we probably don't speak about it enough. That faith is what we are trusting God to do. So faith brings freedom. And that's why the enemy wants to see us as Christians shut down, restricted, and shut up, basically. We need to understand what he is trying to do. So like I said, the title of my message is The New um, Life of Expectation. And this is where I want to speak about expectation. You know, I want to speak about what God has got for your lives because God has visibility of exactly every single thing that has happened in your life. He has got visibility of what is going to happen in your life. And we're going to speak about some things that are just really going to um, challenge us today, okay? So again, if I go back to the dictionary, it says about expectation, a strong belief that something will happen or be the case. A strong belief that something will happen or be the case. Now, in this instance, I'm going to use an example, okay, very close to my heart. There's someone that I know, okay, and I don't think they're in this room just now, I'm looking, and this person is so passionate about bikes. You know push bikes? He is so passionate about bikes. He has been on the internet, he has been looking at all these fancy bikes, you know, the price isn't of any consequence to him, you know, so he's looking at bikes that are not only £100, they're not only £200, they're not even £1,000, they're not even £5,000. They're not even £6,000, but they're £6,500. Now I'm looking at that and I'm going, wow, you're looking and you're believing that you're going to get a bike for £6,500. Now, a show of hands in this place, would anyone ever buy a bike for £6,500? I see one hand. I see one hand. So when I spoke to this person, okay, this person came to me and he said, Dad... He said, Dad, I have been looking at a bike. And I said to him, oh, son, that's really, really good. Um, now, for those of you who don't know, my son, he loves biking, okay? And he's got, he's, they've made up some jumps at home, um, just in one of the, the forests near to us. And this one time, apparently, they went over the jumps, he lost control, and he, he wrecked his um, tires. So we managed to get those fixed, and he is back on the road. But this doesn't stop him wanting a fancy, top-of-the-range bike. It's made of carbon fibre. It has got all gadgets. It has got the front discs for the brakes. It doesn't have, like, the standard brakes. You know these standard brakes that look like kind of um, an upside-down, yeah, an N? It looks like an N. No, he wants the top-of-the-range ones. And when I think of this, I love the heart. I love the belief that, actually, he has seen something that he wants. The cost of it, we can speak about later. But he knows the things that he wants. He has got great expectation. You know, if he had said to me, Dad, I've seen a bike that I want, it's £150, I'd be like, hmm, okay, I can deal with that. But when he says to me, 
dad, I've seen a bike at six and a half thousand pounds, I get something going on the inside because I think about it from a, an affordability point of view. I'm like, son, I'd love to give it to you, but actually, probably someone would steal it on you. Yeah? Or actually, you, you might even go over those jumps again because this bike, apparently, you can go over jumps, Boaz, okay? You can do whatever you like on it. And this thing is like solid. Um, so he has got great, great expectation. And that's what I said. I love the fact that he is dreaming, dreaming big. But if we bring it back to reality, you know, I've got a couple of cars, and one of my cars isn't even worth £2,000. It's maybe not even worth £1,800, and yet he wants to get a bike that's worth £6,500. So I said to him, Joshua, what you need to do is you need to think about how you can come up with the money. And he said, okay, Dad, I'll do that. So he goes away. And then he comes back and he says, okay, Dad, I've had to think about it. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go (laughs) 50-50. And he said, said, okay, right, we're going to go 50-50. You're going to go halves and uh, I'll deal with the rest. And um, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And if I need to, I'm going to get a loan. And I'm thinking, okay, where are you going to get a loan from? So I'm waiting for that conversation. But the thing is, with great expectations, you know, you could make that happen. You could make that happen. You could assess the affordability of it and say, okay, let's get rid of this, 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 and this, and this to give this. But actually, the benefit of that is not necessarily the best for my son's life, our son's life. And it's the same with, you know, people when they consider, um, when they consider things like, setting in place flying somebody maybe wants to fly you know a hundred years ago flying wouldn't have been possible same with driving cars same with a telephone maybe just over a hundred years ago there's things that actually we now live in the benefits of because someone had a vision they seen that there was a need and that need could be fulfilled and based on a small plan they caused these things to be put in place and that's the key factor the key factor is having the plan so what are we going to do what are we going to change in order to give Josh the bike honey nothing <laughs> do you know that is not the best for his life it's not going to be the best for his life I'm not going to teach Joshua things that he is going to then later look back on and go, oh, I can do this for maybe my first car. I'm going to go for a £50,000 car. I'm going to catch the thing early enough that we can work together and take those expectation levels to somewhere that are reasonable, not to kill them, somewhere that's reasonable, and then from there we can see about how else we want to to, to develop so my challenge to him was, son, what are you going to do? And he said, I'll go 50-50 with you. There are always options for things that you want to do in your life. And here's the thing that I really want to challenge us on this morning, okay? And it's to do with the woman with the issue of blood. So if we can turn to Luke 8, 43 to 48. And this is from the New Living Translation version. It says, Now a woman, having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped and Jesus said who touched me when all denied it Peter and those with him said master the multitudes throng 
and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him, and how she was immediately healed. And then verse 48 says, And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You know, if you look at the story of that lady, that lady had an issue of blood for 12 years. She didn't just have an issue of blood for a day, which she could probably put up with. She didn't have an issue of blood for, say, a month, maybe a year. But she had an issue of blood for 12 years. And this basically caused her to be in a position where, actually, she wasn't allowed to be near people. She couldn't come up to someone and just have a conversation. And she couldn't actually touch anyone either. She wasn't allowed to. She was deemed as unclean. She was there. She had spent all of her money with physicians. She was there trusting the physicians who basically were taking her money, giving her advice, but no change was seen to her condition. She lost all of her family because of these um, issues. She had basically no more money left, and all of her relationships basically were now null and void. She wasn't able to be in communication with anyone. This was a desperate lady. This was a lady who needed, who needed a different response. So what she did was, obviously, she reached, reached out in this crowd and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Now, Ruth, perfect example. Can you come up here, please? Just Let's appreciate Ruth. So this is Ruth. She is playing Jesus just for the moment, okay? Yeah, you're doing a good job so far. Now think on this lady, okay? Think on this lady. There's a lot of people round about Jesus and he's walking in a direction. And there's a lady somewhere who is desperate enough to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Okay? So whether it's the hem down here, or whether it's the hem of Jesus' robe, just hold out your hand, hon. And the hem down here of the tassels where Jesus would have on his, um, on his garment, he basically would have been unaware of someone trying to um, uh, speak to, to speak to Jesus. But actually, if you read the Bible, the Bible says Jesus didn't touch the girl, but the girl just touched the garment. Okay? The girl touched the garment. Now think about it. The girl touched the garment. The girl didn't touch Jesus. She didn't, she didn't touch Jesus' skin, his flesh. The very fabric that Jesus had on his body had the power to heal. The very power to change lives. The very power to see that blood issue totally set free from that lady's condition. Thank you, Ruth. Let's appreciate Ruth. We don't even need to touch Jesus, yeah? We don't even need to touch the garment. We can pray. We can believe that God is going to affect every single one of our situations because it's by faith. That lady had faith. She had heard some testimony, I am sure, you know, have you heard about what's happened with the guy over there? Man, he can walk. Have you heard about the story of when Jesus spat in, in, on the ground and made a mud ball and put it in the eye? Have you, have you seen the effect of that? This lady knew that if she could just get close enough to Jesus, that the very situation that she was looking to someone for for help would actually be changed and turned around. So she, by the very fact 
that she lowered herself, I would suggest, lowered herself even to touch the garment is something to be, um, is something to be, even to demean herself. So you don't have to believe for what you can do yourself. You know, that girl, that lady, she wasn't able to heal herself. She wasn't able to do the things that, 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 any one of us can do. We can't heal ourselves. There's, no, there's nothing within us that can. You know, we might be able to take a tablet that would say, you know, if you keep taking this tablet, then it might help a condition. But actually, we don't want to be dependent on tablets. Now, tablets are good. Please don't get me wrong. But we want to be dependent on Jesus Christ. We want to be dependent on Father God, who actually, through His Son, Jesus Christ, came died for you, died for me, died for our sins, died for our sicknesses, that we would have a life to overflowing, that we would have a life to everlasting. So Jesus touched him. Sorry, she touched him and, and he didn't touch her. So then he said, who touched me? Like I said, she was hungry. She was desperate. And when you're desperate, you'll do things that not everyone else would do. Have you ever been desperate for, for anything? I know that um, if I'm desperate for something, I'll be like, right, how can I concoct something so that I can get what I want? But actually, no. Actually, no. That is not the best way. Because the best way is to speak about the things that you're believing God for, make them evident, write them down so that when they are answered, i.e. prayer requests and praise reports, when you have a need, we can stand together believing that God will impact our lives. And then when it happens, we can say, praise God, look what has happened. Amen? Amen. We have to give glory to God because it's not about us. Amen? So just in wrapping up, by the power of God, he is able to resurrect your impossible situations. By the power of God, by the power of faith, every single one of us who have a need in this place can be changed in Jesus' name. And it says in Romans 12, verse 2, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And here's one of my favorite verses, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster to give you a hope and a future. So if we want to align our hope and our future with Jesus Christ, guess what? We're going to succeed. If we want to align our hopes with the things that God says about our lives and not about what even other people would say about our lives or even what our own thoughts would be for our lives, it's all, all good. I wonder if we can stand up, please. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com.